This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane on the Field of 68, presented by Bet Rivers. Finally, Ohio State basketball is back, and we're going to talk about it. Talk about Malachi Branham's 100,000-point game against Nebraska. And Sam Thompson, the best dunker to ever pick up basketball, joins us for an awesome interview but before all that, you know we got to recap and maybe talk a little bit about the upcoming Indiana game. Joey, how about Malachi Branham and the number 13th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes first game? Well, this is this is all I've been talking for almost as long as Ohio State was on pause, but how about that first game back? Uh, unreal, unreal. Um Sunday night games on the road at Indiana or at Nebraska like coming off a two week pause, like all the signs of a major letdown, right. For Ohio state. And it had the, the makings of it, obviously. Um, I, I, you got to understand that the team is going to be flat. You know, the legs are going to be tired. Not a ton of basketball was played. Even when you have COVID or you are quarantining, like you can't just like go to the gym and run around or whatever. Like there are rules against like raising your heart rate and all this different stuff. So like, they're starting from scratch, basically, when they came back. They had, like, three practices as a team before Nebraska, which is crazy, and it makes all the sluggish stuff expected. Um, even the turnovers and the offensive rebounds and stuff that's been plaguing them, it's, like, double because it's just tough to come back from what they came back from. But all that to say, the best teams in the country do not lose that game, and we found a way to win, which is remarkable. I could talk about Malachi Branham for days on end, and, and we'll get to him, um, but to me, what's – most remarkable is and coach Holman mentioned it in his uh after the game press conference after interview what post game interview whatever you want to call it he said the the truly remarkable part of that game was the fact that we gave ourselves a chance you know and that's what good teams do they give uh you give yourself a chance in those situations to win and, and what exactly does that mean andrew i well i can tell you uh basically what that means is you don't give away possessions meaning turnovers bad shots you don't uh, have silly fouls or give up wide open layups on defense, which they didn't do. And you capitalize on the other team's mistakes. Nebraska missed a bunch of free throws down the stretch. We made timely shots. EJ made timely free throws and we got a huge stop at the end. Shout out Eugene Brown uh, to, to send it to overtime. And once we got to overtime, everybody, in the whole entire arena and watching the games knew that we were going to win that game, which is just awesome. And we talk about it with Sam, how EJ didn't have the greatest game against Nebraska. Um, but he, the best players make an impact regardless. And EJ's impact was way beyond the 10 points he scored because he only made two shots. His impact was a hundred thousand percent. The two unbelievable assists he had to start over time, two of his seven overall in the game his four blocks, including one massive one in overtime, and obviously him rebounding the ball at an extremely high level um, and being a leader, obviously. You're missing Kyle Young. Like We didn't even talk about that. Like That's a huge guy to miss in a road game where you talk about needing energy. Like That guy is instant energy. Just I can say just so many great things about the team, about the coaching staff, the plays down the stretch. Winning that game is just so massive. If, it's a, if, it, if you want to win the Big Ten, you can't lose that game, and we didn't. Uh, and, and, oh, yeah, Malachi Branham, a freshman, uh, happened to have 35 points when his previous game high was 11. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
I, I have a couple things to to say is in terms of takeaways going off what you're saying. First, according to Bet Rivers, EJ Liddell is the favorite to win player of the year, which is, is pretty crazy because we've kind of been saying it and like other outlets and whatever are saying it, but like he is he is the favorite. And he proved that by what you said, not having a great game. You show up in the last few minutes in overtime. That's what great players do. The next thing, Jamari Wheeler is like the most timely player. Unbelievable. Maybe ever. Like I said that before about Justin Arns that like his threes are big. What's bigger is, you know, hitting it in a big, big moment. Like Jamari Wheeler always seems to either hit the shot or make the play at the right time. The third thing I'm going to say when I said Malachi on last week's show, when I said that Malachi Branham is the type of guy who like has a huge big 10 play and then a game or two in the tournament and all of a sudden he gets drafted top 10. I don't think either of us thought that his first, game, his first game after that, he was going to score 35, which was pretty crazy. Imagine, imagine if he scores 15 a game, okay? 10 a game, 12 10 a game. game. 10 to 15 a game. EJ plays like EJ, and Dwayne comes back. I mean, this is going to be <laughs> – no, but seriously, I mean, he if he can – it's just like keep it up, not 35 a game, but if he can like contribute every game, then this team is the next level. And this might sound crazy, but if all those prior games weren't canceled – this is like a game that you're going through the schedule and you're like, all right, that's a loss. You know, like, all right, that's one that you'll maybe lose. Like one of those type of games, which is even crazier to think that with everything that happened, not being, not being in the flow. Like, what I mean by that is like in the flow of the season, teams drop the road game. You have a stinker. Right. And I mean, I, I, what a, what an in, incredible game. Every it was the stress is back. The pause is over, but the but the stress is back. Um, I think we need to see if Bet Rivers can like give us a free bet on EJ. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I just one other thing on, on Malachi is that um, you know, it is funny because it seems like he probably heard the media and the stupid podcast like us saying Ohio State's just one guard away from being really, really good. What's crazy is he had zero points against Wisconsin and we beat a Wisconsin team that just got went on the road and beat Purdue by 20, you know? So like Ohio state's really stinking good. Number one, number two, if he obviously, like we said, if he has any sort of, you know, consistency, it's a huge added bonus to Ohio state, but also like the dude is just awesome. You know, like he was making a comparison when that guy tweeted at us, did you end up giving a player comparison? No, because it was just weird. Like the, I just he compared him to Ron Artest, and I was like, he's not Ron Artest. So uh, I don't know who he's like. He's got like some like I got I got it. If you want me to tell you, sure, go ahead. Not an NBA star, but it's Taylor Horton Tucker is who he plays like, and he's got the Tucker can't shoot. Yeah, what are you talking about? He couldn't shoot in college. He's a he shoots a ton of threes now. Well. Good. And he's, I, and he's I like the, long and he's like long yeah. and he gets to the basket and he, he just takes any shot. He's it's like Kuzma, also kind of. Like yeah, he, I would say he's more like Kuzma. I just don't I, I don't like the Taylor Horton Tucker comparison only because like he like loves to have the ball in his hand as like a great playmaker passer. Like that's not really Malachi's game, I don't think. I think more of the Kuzma like 
can hit threes, can hit pull-ups, is athletic, sneaky long, rebounds the ball yeah. well. I like Kuzma. I also like Desmond Bain, who's been killing it for the Grizzlies lately. He's a little bit shorter than Malachi's, I think. Um, but I, I think Malachi clearly had his coming out party, and I would the dude is just so awesome, works so hard. I just can't wait for him to just continue this trajectory. It's just awesome. But, like, this game against Indiana is going to be massive. Like, we say this every game, I feel like, but, like, this will absolutely tell us is Ohio State a contender to win the Big Ten or not? Because you have to win this game um, to stay, to stay, you know, at the top, obviously, but also to, like, hey, world, like, we're still here. Like, Malachi just had 35 and we barely beat Nebraska, but now we just went on the road and beat Indiana by eight. Like, we're here. You know, like, I think it's a huge game. And, and Indiana is a team that matches up really well against us. Um, they shoot a lot of threes, or they have a couple really good shooters, I should say. And their inside presence is unmatched, and which we've struggled with in years past, right? So it'll be really, really interesting to see how um, – it's hard to win an Assembly Hall. There are some nights where you just aren't going to win. Like, that's a Dan Dockage quote for Assembly Hall and Mackey, and it's so true. There are some nights that you're going to go into Assembly Hall – you're, you're going to go to Mackey Arena and just – you aren't going to win. You're not going to win. So, hopefully it's not one of yeah. those nights. But, man, is this exciting for the rest of the year because, like, the pieces are coming together. Jamari Wheeler is unbelievable. He's awesome. Like, Jamari Wheeler scoring 16 means that nobody else in the guard position has to score, really. You know, like, that's production. Are we at the point – more than 10 points this year. Like, it's just unbelievable. Are we at the point – also, Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't make a lot of threes. He takes them. <laughs> but <laughs> – but Malachi, we weren't like this guy's gonna make a make eight threes in again, you know. Like, but um, are we at the point where you think we need to operate from a mindset that this is the team? Obviously, Kyle Young hopefully be back next game against Indiana. But like, should we be under the mindset that this is the team for the year? Or are you confident that? Suing is around the corner, coming back from injury. Towns, Towns, thank you. Great question. I because personally, well, you go first, and I'll tell you what I think. I know for a fact that when Justice is healthy, he's going to be a part of the rotation, a part of the team. I don't know the same thing for Seth. I think that Seth could very well say, "Hey, I'm here. If you guys need me, if there's foul trouble, if there's a game where it makes sense for me to play, if not." I'm going to take my COVID year and play one more year and give it my all. And, you know, I see ahead of, I see EJ's gone next year. I see Kyle's gone next year. There's a role for me to have a ton of minutes next year. I'm going to get really healthy and play a ton next year. I could see that being the case, but when justice comes back, he's not going to start right away, but he very well could start in place of like a Justin Arns. Um, and, and he, you know, going into this year, he was the focal point of the offense beyond EJ. You know, like they were going to run everything through him. So I know that Justice is close to coming back. I think by the end of this month, he will play a game. So I think Malachi potentially says, all right, you're a week away. We don't need you to take that week. You know, obviously you want him back 100%, but if you're still struggling to find that guard scoring potentially, you may rush a guy back a week early when he's – 98% instead of 100%. So I think finding if Malachi can hopefully do what we've been saying, which it's a good problem to have, right? right. We, if you don't need justice pronto, like that's a good problem to have, you know, like our good buddy, Seth Greenberg texting me all year saying Ohio state's missing something. Ohio state's missing something. 
now it's gone to, you know, like when we lost to Xavier, when we lost to Florida, Ohio State is just missing something. It's not like a normal Ohio State team. Now it's kind of changed to, okay, they get Justice Suen back and their final four good is basically what the conversation has shifted to. And I agree. You get a sliver of Justice Suing and that changes this whole team. Justice isn't just a good offensive player, a big guard. He's good on defense too. And it, yeah. you throw him in there instead of Justin, um, or even you throw him in there instead of Jamari for plays, and you could switch one through five in mm. roster sometimes. Um, another guy who needs to play more is Gene Brown, and he will play more. He's just coming back from that concussion. He had COVID a couple times. Like He's coming back from a lot of different things. He's going to play more because he's a huge part of this team's success, I think. I think I think more Eugene Brown than the other two, but Eugene Brown, Cedric Russell, and Joey Brunk until the team is 100% healthy, which whether or not that means talent, whatever you get what I'm saying, like those three guys, it's kind of like – we'll see what we're getting matchup wise and we'll see which of those guys are going to play the most. Eugene Brown probably will play more than those guys. Most games, but like in the the Florida game, when Joey Brunk started, like Holtman, Holtman is not afraid to, to reduce someone's minutes in one game in favor of a guard rather than a big, if the matchup. hundred percent. And you know, the last thing to mention about the Nebraska game is you know, instead of Cedric Russell in that game, we had Jimmy Sotos. Right. You know, and said had been awesome, right? You think about the Duke game, you think about uh, all the games following, really, until the COVID pause. He was awesome, giving you points in a hurry, really, when he came off the bench. That, that game, the Nebraska game, didn't really require that. It more of required like a calming, yeah. you know, influence on the game. And Jimmy came I forgot in. about Jimmy, my bad. The spark. Yeah, no, no, the spark. No, it, it's fair. It, it's fair because the combination of Jimmy and said, at the guard spot, the Eugene Brown at the wing, and then Joey Brunk at the big, those guys are awesome guys for depth, first of all, but they're also like the emergency guys where foul yeah. trouble, if you need a spark, whatever it is, like that's an awesome luxury to have when you bring justice back. Yeah, their minutes, those guys' minutes will all be reduced a little bit, but at the same time, like it could cause Gene to play more because he makes more sense in that lineup. So it's, it's really interesting. Like it, it's – Again, it's a good problem to have that we have so many guys who can contribute, and it's just going to be awesome moving forward. I just can't wait for the Indiana game because I think that Indiana causes some issues. They match up well with us. Like I said before, they shoot. They've got a couple of really good shooters. They've got Trace Jackson Davis, who's going to be first team all big time. Race Thompson's incredible. They've got young freshmen who play well, and Mike Woodson is a, is a new guy who's trying to make a name, right, like at Indiana at his alma mater. So it's going to be a really awesome game. Uh, I can't wait for that game. And uh, I mean, it's just the sky's the limit for this Ohio state team. It's just, you mentioned, you mentioned Indiana winter break. Like you got to take advantage of that. hundred percent, hundred percent. And normally you mentioned it with, uh, with you're, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear yeah. it in a sec. Um, yeah. I mean, hundred percent, like a top 15 Ohio state team coming into assembly hall is going to bring a huge crowd, but with students not being there, which they will be there, I think, Probably it's the first game that they're back, honestly. What's well, maybe not. My sure. brother, when does Hannah, when does your sister go back? My brother goes start the following Monday, so maybe they yeah. aren't back. Or maybe the maybe guys are saying, like, hey, let's go back. Yeah. The State game. So yeah. it, it should, but but yes, it will not be the same crowd as normal, but it's gonna be an awesome atmosphere. It always is. So that's gonna be I mean, I keep saying it. it's a huge litmus test. Yeah. We'll we'll get to our interview with uh, Sam Thompson right now, but I will say this. 
prepare for stress on Thursday because such is life in the Big Ten. Oh, yeah, there's – I mean, it's just how it works. Every every game – like, you think about Nebraska, yeah, it would have been nice to win by 40, but let's just take a road win in the Big Ten and run with it. We're going to do the same thing in Indiana. Life in the Big Ten is not easy. Uh, and, and expect a four-point game or less because that's just how this Ohio State team works, and that's how the Big Ten works. So – Major mistake here, but this is a big time basketball episode. Shout out Jackson Smith and Jigba, greatest greatest game ever. We we didn't touch on it, but this is a basketball episode. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Shout out to Ohio State for winning the Rose Bowl. Listen for the outro. We'll talk more about Ohio State football. But for now, let's keep talking about basketball because it is basketball season. We've got Slam. I am the man himself, Sam Thompson, on to talk everything from the Thad Mata years with D'Angelo Russell to the Chris Holman years with Kyle Young. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane. I'm going to go ahead and say the best college dunker of all time, Sam Thompson. Welcome hey, to the that's show. Probably fair. <laughs> that's probably fair. What's, up? What's going on, guys? Sam, pleasure having you on, man. We, this has been a long time coming. Uh, I yeah, echo what Andrew said. The only thing that I'll add to – uh, beyond Sam being on some of the best Ohio State teams uh, in recent memory is that he's from Chicago, just like me and Andrew. Very important yeah. fact. Not a Andrew, I didn't realize you were from Chicago. Chicago. Andrew, where are you from? I'm from uh, high school. The, the mean streets of Highland Park. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so Sam, thanks, you were for, thanks for coming on, man. We're excited to talk hoops. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for having me. Enjoy so, the show. I think first and foremost, people definitely interested in an update to where you're at right now because it was a bit of a recent transaction. So if you want to give a little bit of an update of what you're up to right now from a basketball point of view. Yeah, man. So uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say when I'm recording this. So it is uh, early 2022 when I'm recording this. Um, I am in the NBA G League right now, man. This is year seven for me playing pro ball. Uh, I'm seven years removed from Ohio State. I've played on, what, four continents uh, or three continents, uh, played in a lot of different places. Yeah, but uh, this year, given the state of the world and COVID, given the state of uh, all the border closings, all the the lockdown protocol abroad, uh, I thought it would be a a fun opportunity to come back to the G League again. You know, I always wanted to give it another try before I retired, so this felt like the year. So I am uh, with the Miami Heat organization uh in sioux falls with the sioux falls sky force uh looking forward to making it happen awesome awesome and and we've had a lot of you know former ohio state players former pros current pros all the likes what what do you think in terms of overseas versus the g league life what are some pros some cons you know what you've done it you've done it all what, what are yeah, you there? so i mean the biggest pro is that you're stateside you know what i mean like it, it's when you get on a plane and you you get off and you're in Salt Lake City. You know, I don't have any family in Salt Lake City. I don't know anyone in Salt Lake City, but you know, I can I can read the signs, you know, like I can I can speak the language. I know I know what restaurants I'm gonna are gonna be waiting for me there. So man, just uh being at home in the States is uh is the biggest thing for me. That's that's always what I enjoy the most. Um and then you know you're 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 always pursuing that dream uh of eventually getting called up. So having that sort of in front of you and so readily available for you, especially this year, is uh, is a big thing in the G League. Um, I think talent-wise, 
you know, man, the G League has grown so much. I haven't been in the G League in, I think, four years. But the G League has just grown so much, man. NBA teams are sending their guys uh, down with more regularity, and they're using it much more as a tool for player development than just a uh, – you know, than, than, than just another league. So, I mean, we, I think the G League probably has the best young talent in the world. Um, usually this year is obviously a little tough with all the 10 days and the, the, the COVID stuff, but the G League, man, is, is a very talent heavy league. Um, so it, it's great, man. And I enjoy it. In your opinion, what are, you know, NBA teams really looking for? to pull up in a 10 day because it's not always, all right, this is the top scorer in the G league. He's, he's the first guy to get pulled up. So what have you noticed or like kind of the key things that get people pulled out? Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing I'll say is obviously scoring the ball is great. Um, But it's almost never just scoring the ball. You know, I mean, these NBA teams are going to, they're going to be paying somebody 30, 35, $40 million to, to, to get their buckets. So, you know, they are looking for G League guys to be role players, you know, stand in the corner, shoot the ball, uh, defend hard, dive on the floor, wave the towel, you know, be a good pro, be a good teammate, anything like that, man. It's uh, we're, we're really the grinders. We're really the Swiss Army knives in that we have to be able to do a lot of stuff uh, and just really do our jobs when, when called upon. So, you know, that's the uh, the ultimate goal, of course, is to, to get called up and, um it's really about playing a role, any role, defending, rebounding, screening, shooting as best as you can. And, you know, obviously we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about, um, you know, obviously your career, which we've touched on. We got to rewind and talk about the Ohio State days because at the end of the day, this is an Ohio State podcast. Right. What do you, what are your most fond memories of your time at Ohio State? What do they revolve around? Uh, I mean, it's always going to be the people, you know, man, you guys have been in locker rooms. You guys know that like you, you really go to battle with those guys sometimes for years at a time, man, you know, day in and day out, you guys are grinding. You guys are on on, on the right side of things. You guys are on the wrong side of heartbreak. Uh, and you really develop that bond uh, with people when you're at college playing college ball. So the first thing of course would be the people, the coaches, the managers, the the, the players, the fans, uh, that's the thing that immediately sticks out. And then, um, you know, just we had, some, we had some good teams, man. So, you know, we, we had some really, really good battles uh, during my time there, man. I, I always look back fondly on the Michigan State games, the Michigan games, Indiana and Wisconsin were the other two that were uh, that are always a, a, a battle for us. So, man, it was, uh, it was just fun running the Big Ten gauntlet with, with the group of guys that grow into being your family. So, I mean, it's no secret. We mentioned it right away. Your dunks are pretty special. Yeah. yeah. Your Twitter name is slam. I am. So yeah. you have a specific dunk from when you were at Ohio state that you were like, that is my all time favorite dunk at Ohio state. Um, there's two I can think of. One was my, I think, in my sophomore year was at Purdue in the first half. Um, they had a guy named A.J. Hammond there. One, you know, Purdue always has, like, some 7'1", 260-pound big running around. So, they had A.J. Hammond there. I went baseline in the first half and, and dunked on him. And that was uh, 
that was one of my first like big dunks. You know, I, I played spotty minutes my freshman year. I was starting my sophomore year and that was, uh, that was one of the biggest early dunks. And then there was a dunk at home against Michigan state. And again, those, uh, those Michigan state days always fun. I think this would have been my junior year, the second time we played them. So this would have been at home. Um, and I got uh, I, one of the inbound lives that I always used to get. So, man, I, I put uh, Matt Costello on a poster. I got an N1 there. So, yeah, that one, uh, that one sticks out, too. What, uh, what was that inbounds play called? Because we ran it, you know, the, I, we, over, we just, bare, just missed overlapping. And, yeah. you know, when you graduated, I came in and we ran that same out-of-bounds play except for we were running it for Kata or Mark Loving, and it wasn't working out <laughs> the same way. Do you remember what it was called? So the play, we stole it from Kansas because Bill Self ran it with uh, Ben McLemore and dunked on us like four times. <laughs> um, so we made a small tweak and we stole it from Kansas. So we called it any variation of Kansas. You know, some uh, we called it a K, we called it U, we called it Kansas. Uh, teams just start to pick up on it, so we started trying to, to to mix up the call. But any variation of Kansas, and then there was another one. That was the one where I kind of looped around and uh, did the out of bounds play. And there was another one where I just sort of waited and uh, saw what developed, and we just called that. That's line. the one I'm thinking of, where yeah, you're like acting like you're a decoy, and yeah. then all of a sudden you just cut straight to the rim, and it's game up. We got it a couple times. Like, yeah, it's. It's a really straightforward play, but it like makes some crazy highlights. It's insane. super straightforward. You um, you know, lined up. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even know what the other three guys do. I think they kind of <laughs> just take up space. One has to curl ball side. One has to get the other side of the rim. Uh, and all I'm doing is watching my man. I'm not even watching that action. Um, I'm watching my man. And if my man turns his head to look at the inbounder, if my man turns his head to look for a screen or something like that. I'm just, I'm gone, man. I'm darting past them. And it was usually Kraft or Shannon just putting it up at the rim. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's where a lot of highlights were made. It really, it really is unbelievable. You mentioned Aaron, you mentioned Shannon. You played with a lot of not only great players, but great dudes. So I got two questions yeah. for you revolving around that. Number one, who's the best teammate that you ever played with? And number two, and I think I know the answer, but number two is who's the best player you played with? <laughs> the, I mean, the player is easy. I'm not going to lie. The player will start there is uh, D'Angelo Russell, man. He's uh, – and I play with some really – Sully, man. Sully was unreal. But there's just an ease with which D'Angelo Russell played the game of basketball, man. Like, you, we joke about him not changing gears or anything like that, but it's like he, he really just floats on the basketball court, man. You – he'll throw passes that – you have no thought about, you know, the ball getting through. He'll make shots that are ridiculous. He he can post up. He can shoot the three. He can get to the rim. When he decides to, he can dunk on dude. Like, he is really unbelievable. So, D. Russ is the pretty easy answer for best player I've ever played with. Um, Favorite team – or what did you say? Best teammate or favorite teammate? Best teammate, favorite teammate, up, up to you for interpretation. <laughs> So there are two, there's two, I mean, first of all, I played with some great guys, man, great teammates. Kraft, like you said, always sticks out, amazing teammate. But the two guys that are sticking out most of me, uh, Shannon Scott, 
who was very similar to Kraft. It was just that I came in with Shannon. So he was my roommate all four years. He was, um, you know, we we went to battle together all four years. So Shannon sticks out in that regard. But, man, Jay Sean Tate, uh, I only got him for one year, but Jay Sean Tate was an unbelievable teammate, an unbelievable dude. Um, and, and you see the type of success he's having right now in the league. But JT, man, he just had an energy and a toughness about him that was contagious from day one. Uh, so probably, you know, we'll call it Jay Sean. But before we, Andrew, before you ask another question, I, my favorite D'Angelo Russell story, and again, I, again, I did not overlap with you and D. Right. Russell. I missed you guys by a year, but I got tons of residual stories from Coach Mata, from the managers, from whoever, and the one that sticks out the most based on what you said um, is from Robbie Rucky, who told me that one time <laughs> you guys were – uh, you guys were scrimmaging with refs and you knew that the whole day was just scrimmaging. D'Angelo walked in like from class, like didn't even warm up, looks at Robbie and goes, I'm going to get a triple double today. And sure enough, he got a triple double in the, That's about in the right. and those scrimmages are not a game. Like it's half a game, you know? And it's, right. and then it's just, I mean, it's just easy. Whatever he wants to do, it's just easy. You knew, you knew it was different early on when he got on campus. You know, you, I mean, you know, uh, were you there with coach Rich? Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know, you know how brutal Coach Rich's uh, summer conditioning was. Those six a.m.s and stuff like that. And sometimes we'd play right there after those uh, after those morning workouts, and everyone's exhausted, everyone's tired, everyone's sore, and you just see D. Russ, you know, just running past people, floating past people, just controlling the game. And this, you know, this is his first couple of weeks on campus. You're like, oh man, like okay, like yeah, there's something different about you. So you know, D. Russ was uh. Yeah, man, he he he's special, brother. There's really no other way to put it. He's special. He, he really does. Court. He really just has so many stories around him. Obviously, he's one of the best freshmen to ever come through Ohio State, let alone any right. campus. Um, I remember, like, I was getting loosely recruited to be a walk-on during during the year and during your season. You guys played right. West Virginia in that like secret scrimmage. Were you there before the year? No, I wasn't there. But I got a call after because one of the coaches basically told me like, Hey, you know, if, if we don't have any roster turnover, like there's not going to be a spot, like whether we want you or not, there, there just won't be a spot for you. And he called me after that scrimmage and said, Hey, there's yeah, going to be a spot. spot there's, there's, there's gonna be a spot. <laughs> he's leaving after this year. Yeah. It's going to be, that's, that's so man, that was another time for some reason. So I remember that scrimmage as well. One, it was at West Virginia, but two, I didn't start. And I don't know. I don't know if Coach Mata was trying to, you know, prove a point or something like that, but I didn't start that day. And so I was, uh, I was like very interested to see like how this was going to go. D Rush, uh, D Rush, I think, was it 33 or 35? D Rush has some 30, crazy. Number. 33 is the number that I remember. 30, D Rush had 33. I'm sure he had, you know, eight assists, seven threes. It's like D Rush is unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. Like the stuff he does on the court is ridiculous. I'm sure you've seen that pass he threw to me. At, uh, he threw one at Northwestern. He threw one at Iowa. That effing the Iowa one is the only one that ever gets shown in highlights. That's the only one that ever goes viral again. Um, I dunked the Northwestern one. The one at Iowa, like I said, like you see the play happening, but you're like, okay, there's absolutely no way this ball gets through. So I'm cutting, and then the ball, you know, spins through six players, and I'm like, come on, man. The ball, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm under the rim like, oh, shit, I caught it. <laughs> and then that's how I ended up missing the layup. But man, yeah, D Rush does stuff that's just ridiculous on the basketball floor. So we, Joey mentioned the 
the West Virginia scrimmage. So that's kind of out there a little bit. And obviously the highlight plays, do you have any behind the scenes, D'Angelo Russell stories that, you know, maybe are yet to make it out to the public and hit the wavelengths behind the scenes. Man, the thing you got to remember about D'Angelo when he was there, man, he was 18 years old. You know, he didn't, uh, he didn't even know how good he was, man. So one of the, one of the great things about playing with D'Angelo Russell at that time, one of, one of the reasons he's, uh, I'm so fond of him that, man, he's just, he was just such a good dude when he was at Ohio state, man. He really was, you know, I don't want to speak badly about me. Like he was really a kid, man. He was really just loving his Ohio state experience, loving his, uh, his college experience. You know, I don't think he, I don't think he knew that he was going to be that good that quick. So man, D rush was, uh, just a great guy. He was my roommate on the road and everything, man. He was a cool guy. Yeah, uh, it's so funny because obviously, Sam, being his teammate, you got way more stories than me. But like I keep saying, all the stories that have been kind of like passed down through the staff and and whoever are just so unbelievable. Obviously, I've had a chance to hang out with the guy and talk to him like he's an awesome dude. There's no doubt about it. But one thing that kind of stands the test of time will always be when Coach Mata told us that, you know, he came to him when it was time to kind of make a decision to enter the draft or not. And obviously, D'Angelo's projected a top five, top three, top two. Player. Right, 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 There's right. There's no reason to stay. And he says, Coach, I, I, I want to stay. And Coach Mata goes, no, you're fucking not. Get out of here. You know, he's the Man. type of guy. He just loved Ohio State. Man, no, he he really, like, one thing about it, even when he was, um, because, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like reading D'Angelo Russell's draft where like I I didn't have his experience, but like I'm like it was it is impossible to avoid the the chatter. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure people were in there telling him and stuff. And even, you know, later on in the season when he got really, really good, still just a dude that, you know, loved being in the locker room, love, love, love playing ball, love being with his teammates. You know, same cool ass guy uh that was there, man. So man, D Russell, he was a joy to play with for real. And again, I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> That dude is special on the basketball court. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, he's different. So you you obviously had a long Ohio State career. It's almost yeah. like you played with like different generations of Ohio State basketball players. So I, I stretch a long time. I got yeah. I got the tail end of William Buford's career, and then uh, the the D Russ uh, the D Russ experience, man. So I was there for a while. You're in everyone's, you know, Ohio State family tree. And if it would have been, if it would have been COVID, you might have been able to stretch a fifth right, or man. sixth year out of it. Might have, might have pulled a David Lighty. Ended up the uh, the winningest player, the the most appearances. I think I have like the second most appearances or something like that. Because yeah. even though I did not play a lot my freshman year, I touched the floor every single game. I'm at like 146 or something like that, and Lighty might be like 160. So in all the games and all the environments you played in. What do you think the craziest atmosphere of any game, or if you remember the place more specifically, in your opinion? I can give you the place and the game. So I didn't play a lot of this game. I played like 45 seconds, but without question, the loudest gym I remember is Fog Island at Kansas. That spot was ridiculous. So I think we might have been number two or something like that. They might have been number three. Um, And at the time, the big matchup was supposed to be Sully and Thomas Robinson. Uh, Sully ended up not playing. Uh, I don't even remember what it was at that time, but that gym was still loud as hell. Um, but a close second 
would have been, is this my freshman year or sophomore? It's my freshman year at Indiana. So this is Indiana as they were under Tom Crean, as they were getting nice again. And this was, uh, I think my sophomore year, they were preseason number one in the country. That was when they had Halls, Watford, uh, Victor Oladipo's last year, Cody Zellers last year, Yogi Ferrell was there. But the year before that, man, the, the fans were so eager for them to be good, and they'd been bad for so so many years before that. Uh, I will never forget a play in the first half uh, was possibly the second loudest gym I've ever been in. Victor Oladipo ripped Kraft and went and dunked it. He ripped him in the backcourt and went and dunked it. And, like, this was – I think that might have been my first true road game or my second true road game. The the gym got so unbelievably loud. And, you know, Joe, you've been there a a bunch of times. Indiana's bleachers look like – they like, when you're on the court, they look like they go straight up. So, man, that was – Indiana, Simply Hall, Indiana, is the spot in the Big Ten that sticks out for me. So do you think – obviously that was the singular moment. Do you think Indiana's yeah. the environment in the big time? Indiana – the thing about Indiana is they fell off a little bit after my sophomore year. So they were still good, but they were not elite. So the, the environment wasn't as loud. I think consistently Michigan State may have been uh, – may have been the best environment in the Big Ten when we were there. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that they just stayed good for uh, four years. Um, it's definitely between Indiana and Michigan State. I remember Indiana more early in my uh, career when they were like really, you know, top five in the country. Um, but yeah, man, those two, those two stand out. It's funny how from like generation to generation, it's different because Indiana was was really good my freshman year, and it was really loud there. But it was also winter break, so like there weren't right, right, right. And then they stunk the rest of my time at Ohio State. Yeah. Like the atmosphere yeah. wasn't that good. Michigan State was always good, but we kind of stunk. So like then mm-hmm. the atmosphere wasn't that good. But what was consistent on our for me is that Purdue was the loudest place each and every. You know time. that's what they say. That's what they say. So uh, the year before I got there, yeah, the year before I got there, that was uh, Johnny D and Dave Light and all those guys, and. Did Purdue beat them that year? Am I tripping? I know uh, Wisconsin beat them. They lost in the Big Ten tournament. I think Purdue may have beaten them that year. They were 34-3. and three. Um, And they they say that Purdue was unbelievably loud, which it was. You know, it was a loud spot. But it doesn't stick out to me in the same way. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't stick out. It's, it's, for me, it's Indiana and Michigan State. Joey, Joey's mentioned a bunch of times, obviously Michigan's the big rival, but he's like, I hate Penn State. I hate, hated playing Penn State. Do you have a team that maybe, you know, an average Ohio State fan wouldn't expect that you were like, I hate playing these guys? Maryland. I I did not like Maryland. (laughs) You know what? It was, uh, so they got into the conference, I think my senior year, but we played them in the Big Ten ACC Challenge my junior year. And the only thing I remember, we were coming off of uh, two really good seasons. Went to the Final Four my freshman year. We got upset in the Elite Eight my sophomore year. We had a couple of Big Ten championships. At that time, we were like – we started that – we started my junior season 15-0. and 0. Um, We played Maryland early on. So, you know, let's call it 7-0 and 0 or whatever. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, we're consensus top three team in the country. And Mark Turgeon – uh, had some quote in the newspaper talking about uh, 
no, we're going to come into Ohio State and beat them, blah, blah, blah. No one on Ohio State's team would start on Maryland except for Aaron Kraft, and that's only because our starting point guard is injured right now. I'm like, what? Like, who is this guy? And so it, it's just like my mission for the next two years was just to beat Maryland as bad as I could. I had an, I just had an unreasonable dislike for the University of Maryland when I was there. It's a great answer. I, we we're yeah. not a big fan of Turgeon on this podcast either. So don't. yeah, okay. I don't I don't know who sponsors what, whose uncle is who, but okay. As long as you guys don't like Mark Turgeon either, man. I was not a I was not a Mark Turgeon fan. Yeah, I mean he you, you know like a couple of years ago he had that comment about Caleb Wesson being a bully and whatever. Like he doesn't get the same foul calls, blah blah blah. So yeah, Turgeon. You know the 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 running joke on Twitter was that Maryland was in purgatory when he was yeah. the coach. Um, yeah. which is hilarious. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not the biggest Turgeon fans. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But we, we do need to talk before we let you go a little bit about this year's team. Um, For sure. And I know before we started recording, you mentioned how um, this has been a team that you've kind of been locked into more so maybe than other years. Um, I'm wondering, first and foremost, what you've gotten out of this season so far. What are your early takeaways? And what do you think uh, moving forward uh, for this team? Um, my biggest early takeaway, honestly, I don't want to sound cliche because I'm sure everyone says this, but it's how much better EJ has gotten. And EJ, was, was he Big Ten player of the year last year? No, no, he, he was first team. He's first team. So EJ was already first team all Big Ten last year. You know what I'm saying? He already put up crazy numbers. And and there's no comparison between last year EJ and this year EJ, man. He is he's playing at an unbelievably high level. Um even the Nebraska game, I think he shot two of 15 or something like that. Uh, Might have ended up with 10 points or something, which is a bad night for him, but he still had eight rebounds, seven assists, four blocks, man. He was still making plays. Um, he's, there's not a shot that he doesn't have offensively. He might be like, he might be leading the Big Ten in blocks. Um, he's rebounding the ball at a high level. Uh, he, he's really leading the team. So the biggest thing that's sticking out right now is. Um, uh, EJ's progression from a first-team All-Big Ten player to a uh, legitimate National Player of the Year front runner, and then also something I was thinking about earlier today is um, I really like it, it's. I have mixed feelings about it, but it's really uh, interesting to see how many other guys have stepped up. You know, you see uh, you see me too. You made a big shot in Florida. You see uh, Malachi obviously just had thirty-five against Nebraska. Um, Jamari's really stepped up. He's really been uh, turned into a, a solid, solid player for us. Uh, Zed has been playing, just playing huge ball, uh, has some big nights, really, really playing well. So, you know, we um, EJ is obviously the clear-cut leader, but we have had multiple guys this season step up and uh, really win us basketball games, really make plays for us. So that I think that bodes well for them in, uh, in March. One thing that I think is kind of funny about this team and for you is obviously you've been able to see them, but you haven't been able to meet any of these guys, right? Have you had a chance? You know, to... I actually, I actually met him. I actually met him because you know, okay, we all good. came down there this summer. Right. We, right. Uh, okay, good, good. we had the, uh, we had the vet week this summer, but this is the first team that I've spent uh, this type of time with uh, since maybe 17, 17 or 18. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it's yeah. it's funny because I, I I live in Columbus, you know, so it's a little bit different. Like I still am connected to these guys because, like, you know, I hosted EJ when I was a senior in college, and, right? Like, 
Right. Jimmy Sotos is from down the street from me. So like I, and yeah, he went to Conan, right? Yeah, he went to Conan. He went to Conan. We, yeah. we played him like twice when I was in school, which is hilarious. His yeah. older brother, yeah. Danny is one of my good buddies. We played nice. stuff together. So, um, it's funny seeing him at Ohio state, but all that to say is like, I'm still kind of connected to these guys. Like for you right. beyond Ohio state, you know, maybe Kyle young is like the only guy that you were like, damn, I remember when, uh, you know, I had a summer to work out with Kyle. You know what I mean? Like, is it, uh, you know, I miss Kyle. I'm, I'm old, man. I got old. I miss Kyle. Kyle was there. Uh, I think he came two years. I don't, he never played with that amount of D. No, no. I'm just saying like, no, yeah. you know, you crossed paths with me when I was, in school and I had Kyle obviously for two years, but like yeah, you yeah, never, yeah. you know, the summers after Kyle was there were summers where players weren't coming in because of COVID. So yeah, yeah. I just think it's pretty wild that a lot of these guys haven't had a chance to kind of mingle with the vets. You know? Right. And, but you know what? That's uh, it, it's true. And that's why, uh, that's why I said, this is probably the team that I've followed the most in, uh, in the last couple of years, just cause I know them personally. Um, but man, that's why uh, that bet week that we did this summer was so dope, man. It's uh, it was good to see everybody back in the gym. Good to hang around the guys. Good to meet the guys. Good to uh, hang out with the coaches and stuff. So um, you know, just 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 building that connection back again. Uh, you know, keeping that keeping that pipeline uh, uh, together. So that was uh, that was a dope thing. But man, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I I didn't play with any of these guys. You know, I didn't I didn't come to work out in the summer with any of these guys COVID has been what this what popping into uh year three of COVID or the third calendar year of COVID man so it, it's been wild man it, it's it has not been the same as far as the, the the veterans and the uh former Ohio State players being able to come back and kick it with the current team I got one final question for you yeah man you mentioned the vet week so obviously you still talk with the guys no TBT for Sam Thompson? <laughs> no TBT. Man, look, I have no idea what's going on with TBT, man. I uh, it, is, it is TBD, what the actual tournament does, and TBD, what, uh, what the Ohio State roster is going to look like, man. It's uh, a couple of guys are getting a little older. You know, Johnny D retired. Kraft is, you know, knee-deep in med school right now. Uh <laughs> So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what that TBT roster looks like, man. But you know, we'll see. I'm uh, I'm always down to play with them. You know, they, my number's called. I'm always down, but I'm always down to put the scarlet and the gray back on. So we'll see. Oh, we we, we know some guys, so we'll, we'll pull some strings for you. <laughs> you let me know, man. You let me know. I'll stay in shape. What is it? July. July. June, July. Yeah. yeah, man. I'll be. I'll, I'll make sure I'll be in shape, man. I'll tell the manager with Joey put the word in, so I'll be ready to go. Perfect. Well, Sam, I got one more question for you. And I really, really, well, there's, oh, there's two parts to this. And you, <laughs> either answer is acceptable. Um, do you remember the first time that we met? Was it at Northwestern? That, okay, so that's the real answer, which is insane. Andrew, I'll, put, I'll, I'll send you the picture. There's a picture of me, like a freshman in high school, maybe eighth grade. <laughs> with Sam asking him for a picture. Like we sat next to his mom during the game. And she was like, oh, I'll make sure Sam takes a picture with you after the game. And I was like, over the moon. I mean, the <laughs> guy from Chicago playing on my favorite team, like, I got to get a picture of them. So I have a picture with him, Lenzel, and Kraft from that night. Um, but <laughs> follow-up, do you remember the first time that we actually – it's not It's not in, It's not. not when I was in school, 
but it's before then. Do you remember meeting on campus at Ohio State? If you tell me when we met, I might, but no, I don't. If I tell you where we met, it gives it away, but it was that five guys. (laughs) And it also – Were you there when I was with my uncle? So so the story is we come in – my freshman year of high school, we come in to see you guys play at Northwestern. It's the first time I've ever been on Ohio State's campus. After the game, you guys blew them out. Um, After the game, everything was closed. That's the only time we ever blew out Northwestern, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's the same we never blew them out either when I was there, but – after the yeah, game, the only story. place that was really open um, on campus or whatever was Five Guys. So we went to Five Guys, and we order, we're sitting down, and you and LaQuinn come in, and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> like, this can't be happening. Like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, mom, like, look at his hat. Like, he's from Chicago. He's wearing a Whitney Young hat. Like, I remember this so vividly. It's crazy. <laughs> And me, so, me and Q with the post-game meal of champions. Exactly, right? So then you and Q are rolling in there, and, and that's that's not technically the first time we met, but that's, like, still a very funny story. When you fast-forward to me being an Ohio State basketball player, right, that's right. just unbelievable. That's dope as hell, man. I don't uh, – no, I didn't re- – I, I, so I remember the Northwestern game. I remember being at the Northwestern game and taking the pick. And, I, you know, I think you sent me that picture, like, some years later. Yeah, I I sent you. I found it like a couple of years ago, and I sent you like Merry Christmas with with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you sent me that picture some years later, but uh, yeah, I don't remember the five guys one. But man, that's uh, shit to be young, man. To to play a basketball game and go eat five guys and be able to just be cool with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that anymore, man. The the body doesn't quite recover the same way. You you got to take care of your body a little more now 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 that you're in your late twenties. That's tough. You remember remember the first time we met? <laughs> I will if you remind me. <laughs> it was uh, 35 minutes ago on this Zoom. Yeah, man. On Zoom. There you go. All right. We got we got to end this how we always end it. So, Sam, what we do is we flip the rolls around, flip it on you. Do you have any questions for us before we let yeah, you man. go? I got two. Joey Lane, Drive the Lane podcast. Joey Lane, do you have a favorite two-parter? Do you have a favorite Ohio State basketball memory? And then do you specifically have a favorite Joey Lane Ohio State basketball memory? Um, He's yeah, never talked about either. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I um, uh, There's so many great memories, and I could do a cop-out of, like, going to the NCAA tournament for the first time, winning an NCAA tournament game. Like, that's that's what everyone's doing. I'm doing that shit. The – the best game I've ever been a part of, hundred thousand percent at Purdue. My my junior at year. Purdue. Was that the Kata Bates uh, yeah, game one? Exactly, winner? exactly. Kata Kata's Kata's senior year. My my junior year. No Cam Williams. We went in there ranked like thirteenth in the country. They were like second right. in the country, and, right, and right, we, won, right. uh, we won on that buzzer beater, and it, that was. Uh, un- unbelievable my parents were there i mean it was just unbelievable so that's my favorite who was uh who was on that pro- was that uh I- was isaac haas the big I- isaac haas matthias that would have been uh, matthias vince edwards was uh who's the little guard is carson edwards there? Thompson, carson edwards ryan klein all those guys yeah. yeah 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 man purdue was tough shit so another way not to hijack your question another uh another way for you guys to tell how long i was at ohio state man I caught, I caught Robbie Hummel at Purdue. 
I called Robbie Hummel at Purdue. I played against Robbie when he was at Purdue. So shit, man, I'm old. That's wild. Yeah, that's Robbie, pretty old. Robbie's been on the show, so that's that's. I'm old, man. I'm old. In my defense, Robbie was like a six-year mega yeah, Robbie, shape, but Robbie's <laughs> older than you. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. He's old college players doesn't get any older. No, yeah, not no. to yeah. not to hijack it from both of you guys, but. That night when Ohio State beat Purdue, I think I put like 10 bucks on Ohio State to win 13. So pretty big night. Hey, man. It's a big night for all parties involved. For all yeah. parties involved. That was, yeah. a, that was a night. Yeah, that's that's definitely my favorite um, Ohio State moment. Obviously, I didn't play in that game. I, my Selfishly, I think there was a couple games. Like there was a game against Purdue-Fort Wayne where I got like kind of extended minutes in my kind of, you know, garbage time role where I like had the craziest per 40 stat line, like ever. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like five points, three assists, two rebounds, deals <laughs> in like four minutes of playing. Um, so that, that's a good one. But then yeah, for 35, 20 and 15 triple double. That's solid. Exactly. Um, that's solid production. But uh, the, my actual favorite moment probably was playing in St. John. Um, we beat Ooh. Cleveland State pretty good. Uh, the Ooh, that's some bullshit. Insane, and and I got came in at the end of the game and made a shot, and it was so it was by far the loudest moment of a home game that I can remember. The me, Kraft, Shannon, we asked Egglehoff to let us play at St. John every day before we asked. The two big things we used to ask for were black jerseys and to play at St. John. Yep. And as soon as I leave, they do a game every year at St. John. And then I think, was it last year or this year when they got the black uh, jerseys? Last year. That's well, tough. That's I, that's a it, sore spot for me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too mad because, like, there's a bunch of things that I could tell you that I ask for all the time that they're going to start doing that they've done or just like black jerseys or they're going to start doing, like, a Midnight Madness type deal. Like, they're going to – like, there's a lot of things. <laughs> I asked for for four years that now they're going to start doing or already did. So, I – trust me, that just – we just sound old, like, when we say stuff yeah, like man, that. Yeah, man, we always say, oh, Midnight Madness would have been dope, man. I, uh, I, I don't think I ever – because another thing, I don't want to date myself even more, we weren't allowed to dunk in the layup lines when I was in college. <laughs> so, I could, like, go up and windmill, and then I'd have to stop and just drop the ball. But like, so like, I never got to, you know, really do anything crazy. Like at the, uh, at the shot, like I was like, no midnight manage dunk contest, no layup line dunks, anything like that. So that would have been dope. We had uh we had Buckeyes at the blacktop. That was good. That was I remember that. I remember the, you guys had some good pictures. <laughs> you won the, you won the three point contest. Exactly. It's like my main claim to fame is that I won yeah. against Kelsey, I Mitchell, too, which is kind of a big deal. Oh shit! I didn't realize you. I knew I knew you beat Jaquan. I didn't realize you beat Kelsey. It was uh, it was me, Mark, Jaquan, and Kelsey. I think, and then I won. That's tough. And, uh, it's so dumb. Oh, it was outside, and there were like two hundred people there. It was just yeah, so that, was, that was that was that was that was an interesting decision. That was an interesting moment in our program. But you know, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, Sam. Any questions for Andrew before we let you go? Andrew, I don't want to make this about Joey, but do you have a favorite Joey Lane fan moment when you were watching Joey at Ohio State? Were you like, shit, that's my boy. That's <laughs> that's what I need. All I all I would do is so I went to Mizzou and there were a couple mm -hmm. players on the Mizzou team that Joey and I actually either played with or played against growing up. And every Who was at Mizzou when you were there. Um ugh. 
a lot of and named Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Michael Michael Porter Jr. Oh, okay, that was that, that was he a played, enough. He played two games, so that's why okay. that's not the first name that comes to my mind. But like, I, I Kevin Purrier was like a four year starter when I was there. Yeah, Literally, yeah. my freshman so Jeremiah Tillman. Um, those are kind of the 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 big staples. Who's the coach? Was it was it was it Conzo the whole time? No, it was Kim Anderson first, <laughs> and now it's it's Conzo Martin. But yeah, I, yeah. Wolf, Adam Wolf, who was from Lake Forest, but then transferred to like Wisconsin, somewhere in Wisconsin. Every time I saw him, for some reason, I would send Joey a Snapchat of it, and like Joey <laughs> and I would text during. Mo- I would text Joey during moments that I knew he was probably busy, like during Kata's year where he got drafted. I was like texting right. Joey like. Hey, when do you think Kato's going to get drafted? But Joey always answered. And I actually wrote a story about Joey for Rivals. I think it was our junior year. So that was That's pretty tough. cool. That's tough. Yeah. Lots of Joey time. memories. <laughs> lots, of, lots of Joey memories. Joe, you, you might have been the biggest star on that team before uh, before Kato's senior year. Yeah. I, I mean, there was not a lot to cheer for. Not a lot to root yeah, for. You might have been the biggest celebrity on that team. Yeah, we, uh, you know, it would have been fun to have NIL back then. You know, that's kind of my main pain point of, uh, you know. Joey, I would have been effing selling slam shirts at halftime. Oh, my God. Unreal. Sla- oh, my God. So the Slam Thompson homage shirts would be off the hook. Yeah, that, that would be dope. Is there, a, is there a good Dunkin' Donuts on campus, like, that people go to? Uh, is there a Dunkin' Donut? People go to Buckeye Donut. I don't there's, know if there's a Dunkin' Donut. There's there. a couple. There's a couple Starbucks on campus, but I don't think there's, there's some Starbucks. There's a Brewers. There's a. Uh, well, I'm saying Brewers, Dunkin' Donuts because like Dunkin'. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sure. we, we, we're like yeah, naming all the all the coffee shops. And... We we put that we put that together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I don't think we have a Dunkin'. I'm trying to. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember going to Dunkin' Donuts in college. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it would, it was a it was a good run, little little celebrity status for a little bit. Never hurt anybody, yeah, you know. Man. I was the, yeah, I was the humblest guy at the end of the bench. So easy to root for. Yeah, that was easy to root for. All right, man, this was an awesome interview. We appreciate it. We'll get you in yeah, TBD. <laughs> and if yeah, there's this little thing called the drive the lane bump, where if you come on the show, good things happen. So I see a uh, a ten day contract in your near future. Hey man, if I get a ten day, we uh we're doing something wild for Dry the Land, so we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, Sam, we hey man, appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely, we'll have you back. I'm come back anytime, man. Yeah, man. Good luck. Sure. Take care. Yeah, man. See you guys. All right, we hope you enjoyed that long, awesome interview with Sam Thompson. Another thing that's awesome: winning the Rose Bowl, which Ohio State did in large part due to Jackson Smith and Jigba and CJ Stroud, who, if he's not the favorite to win the Heisman, it might be Bryce Young or, Hey, it might be JSN Joey. I mean, can can you think of a crazier football game? No, I just, I just hope that, I mean, it was just, it was just unbelievable, but I, I just hope that Ohio state fans get the right, like kind of response out of this game, which I don't know if all of them did. I just loved, 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 loved the fact that number one, it was an entertaining game. And that's what happens when people opt out. It gives you a chance to, to see the new guys, right? Like 
a Marvin Harrison Jr., like a Julian Fleming. But it also is just like more interesting, right? Like it gives chance for guys to step up like Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I hope Ohio State fans realize, number one, that's like one of the best Rose Bowl games in history. Yeah, The offensive explosion was just so fun to watch. And like Ohio State's defense really stepped up in the second half to like kind of take a stranglehold on the game. So I, it was just, oh, just awesome. Just awesome. The easiest bet of all time in the history of bets was Stroud over two and a half touchdowns. And I really thought that that Jackson Smith and Jigba two touchdowns, Jeremy Ruckert, one touchdown bet was going to hit. And there was actually a throw to Jeremy Ruckert in the end zone, which like bounced off of someone else's hands or something. So that, that was like one of the craziest offensive performances ever. Obviously I, no one thinks that, that, Jackson Smith and Jigwa is going to have a repeat game like that next year. But that even possible? No, but buckle up and drive the lane because he's going to have a big year, and so is Stroud. And I'm excited for uh, Ohio State to win the basketball national championship this year and then us to start talking about football in late August. It's pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. The, well, I mean, is it almost football season? It seems like it's a good time um, to say, like, hey – relish in the fact that you're an Ohio state fan. Like not everybody gets these moments, a top 10 team in football, top five team in football year in, year out and a top 15 team in basketball. Not every team has CJ Stroud winning the Heisman and each or up for the Heisman, each of the up for player of the year. Not everybody has guys like Olave Smith and Jigba and, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson all on the same team. Like, like, Ohio State fans, we got it good. Like, let's stay with the positives, baby. Let's stay with the positives. Let's root the hell out of this Ohio State basketball team. Let's get them to the Sweet 16 and beyond. And without further ado, buckle, <laughs> buckle up and drive the lane. Go, Buckeyes. Beat the Hoosiers. What's a Hoosier, Andrew? Go, Buckeyes. <laughs>